house of God today, amen? Amen, you got to get excited, amen. God's going to do something in our lives. It's great, amen. I'm glad everybody's here, amen, just for church, amen. But if you'll turn your Bibles, amen, to 2 Timothy, amen, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. If you don't have it, if you don't have your Bible, amen, or you don't have your phone on you, it's okay. We have the words on the screen. The word of the Lord reads like this. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Next verse. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. Huh. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Amen. If you'll join me in prayer real quick. Father, we thank you for your word. We're so grateful, Father God, for everything you're doing in our lives, in, our, in, the, in your kingdom, in this church. We ask you, Father God, to open up our hearts. Let us receive your word from you, God. Let us capture it. Let us, let us motivate us, God, to do your work, to be a good soldier, just to pass on the legacy, to pass on what you gave us, given us, God. Father, we're so grateful for everything you're doing, and we pray this in Jesus' my name. And all the saints of God said, Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Man, if you put my topic up there, amen, I want to talk to you, amen, today about pass it on. Hello. Pass it on. See, passing the torch in ministry is something that Paul stressed to Timothy. And Paul wrote this to Timothy to let him know to pass on what he was taught. See, when we look at who, was the who Timothy was to pass it on to, we see that it was faithful men. If you'll put up that scripture real quick, amen, it's in verse... In verse 3, sorry, verse 2, it says, You have heard me teach the things that have been conformed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to who? Others. See, it was, all, it was somebody that was to be able to be faithful, but not only faithful, it was also to be able to be passed on. And that's something that we have to understand in the church is right here. Paul was saying something that made me realize it's not about what we do. It's what we pass on. We can do the greatest things for God, but what is it that we pass on to somebody else? Are you with me today? It's not about how much our legacy is. It's about the legacy of Christ. Hello. See, we always think it's about our legacy, about what we do. But in reality, we couldn't do anything. So Christ's legacy is what's most important. You have to understand is that Christ didn't die for us just so that we could carry on our own legacy. He died so that you could carry his legacy, which is the power to set people free. It's the power to see people change. It's the power to be able to heal things that need to be healed. Hello. But this is the thing is that Paul wasn't trying to just pass on what he was able to teach. It was stuff that God taught him. See, when we look at what is the purpose of passing a torch as well, in the Olympic Games, there's a part of it where it's called the torch relay. In this, there were over 12 runners that are supposed to carry this flame that once they get there, they pass on the torch, or better yet, they pass on the flame to the next runner so they can get their part of the race done. So when we look at it, so we see in the kingdom of God is that what God has given us has to be taught. It's just not for us to hold on to, but it's to be passed on to the next generation. 
See, what God teaches you now, amen, for especially Paul talks about it, amen, you older men teach the younger men how to be good in stature. You younger, you older women teach the women how to be a good, faithful wives. And see, so what he's really saying is that especially the Timothy, he's like, pass it on. It's a generational thing. The reason why a lot of churches are dying because there's no passing of the torch. There's no passing of the flame. There's no passing at all. The mindset of the church has been switched to now where we think it's always about us instead of what the purpose was of the cross. We get it twisted to where now we start seeing, amen, that people like to put themselves in their own legacy instead of carrying on Christ's legacy. They forget the first love, so they try to put on their legacy instead of Christ. But see, passing it on, I need you to understand this. Somebody say, well, pass on. And this is what it is, is that your job is not to hold on to something that God has given you. It's to pass on to the next generation. Hello, we always talk about in the church, well, we need to make sure that we grow these, the children's church, we grow the youth, we grow all these things. But if you don't pass something on, how many of you will never grow? See, this is a vision given by God through the pastor. And see, being in alignment with this causes us to carry the flame of this mission. See, when we look at the race of the torch, I found out that in 2008, I'm going to give those facts, Beijing Olympics, each runner had almost four miles to run. And there were exactly 21,880 runners. Come on, that's a lot of runners to run four miles. See, first off, that's a good run. Secondly, when looking up the passing of the flame, I realized that they would hand the fire off, but not the torch. Hello. They would pass on the fire, but they would never let go of their torch. Why? Because they were still waiting. But see, each torch is exactly the same, but once has finished the task at hand, he passes on the flame in order to allow the next person to run. See, when looking at the purpose of the passing of the torch or passing it on, it says it isn't to stay, someone took my place. It's, instead, it's I see the work that God has used me to get further in the kingdom of God. Hello. See, ministry won't grow if you try to hold on to a flame that God is wanting you to pass on. You can say we're growing, but if you don't pass something on, hello, it won't grow because you're killing the growth. See, I want to be clear. I'm not saying God doesn't want you to stop serving in an area. He just wants you to grow in another one. He's got you where you are, not just so you can stay in, that in the purpose of that season. But now he's like, I want you to train the next generation. We can't go into the new church, and especially in our own lives. You can't go into a new season of your life if you're not passing something on to the next generation. Hello. We wonder why the world's corrupted. We wonder why all these things that men are not being, being men, they're being boys still. It's because generations haven't passed on. The reason why we're having these problems now is because nobody took the initiative to pass something on. If you put my first point on there real quick. This is my first point. And God gave me this because I was wondering, you know, well, what are some things that, you know, we can do and some things that, you know, are inevitable about passing things on and the first point that God gave me is you can't stop the passing you can't stop things from passing all on you or better yet sometimes you can't stop God from taking things that you thought was yours and giving it to somebody else go to Matthew 3 13 through 15 
And Matthew reads like this, Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answering him said this, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. See, what Jesus was trying to tell John is, look, is that you need to pass on what God originally gave you to start. And John's first goal and his purpose was to what? Prepare the way of the Lord. And so when John gets, when Jesus meets John, John knew his job was just to pass it on so God could start his ministry. But John was really trying to hold on to it because he didn't want to be, he didn't want to baptize God. He wanted to be baptized by him. Hello. John had it twisted to where he wanted God to baptize him, but his purpose was to give up the ministry, was to allow God to further it. In Numbers 27, Joshua didn't ask to be past this responsibility. He was given it. And you can read Numbers 27. And this is where God says, hey, I choose Joshua to lead the people. And Joshua didn't ask for the position. He didn't ask for the the flame to be passed to him, it was purposely given and passed on to him. So sometimes, saints, you, can't, you cannot stop what God's trying to pass to you. Hello. That means the things that you wanted or the things that you think you're not good at, sometimes God's like, I'm passing it on to you to develop you, not only to develop you, but to push you further towards seeking me. Because sometimes it's going to make it to where you can't bear it, and that's my, then that's me trying to drag you closer to get the security. See, one thing in the Bible we see in people, they weren't chosen, but they weren't looking at the positions. They just took it and ran with it. They couldn't stop the flame from being passed on even when they thought they didn't have what it took. Or if it wasn't for them. And see, if you go to Judges 6, 15 through 17, and one thing about this is what I found out was that this is about Gideon. We all know Gideon is faithful 300 men. But one thing that was interesting is sometimes when we think it's not for us, or better yet, when God, we think it's greater than what we can achieve, God's like, I'm passing it on because I see how your heart is. I see how faithful you can serve me, not what you can get out of it, but because you love me. But sometimes we get that twisted or sometimes we think, well, we're not the strongest or we're not the most qualified or we're not theological enough. We don't got the degrees. But really God's saying this, and I'll read it out of Judges, this straight Bible. He said to him, oh, Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. So Gideon said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. See, right there, Gideon was, you know, giving up reasons to God, saying, I'm the least of the family of Israel. I'm the least of my family. I'm the youngest. So how can it be that you want me to do this? Or how is it that you want me to be called and to be able to do all these things that you call me to do, like deliver Israel, but I'm the youngest and my family is the weakest? But in the Bible, I clearly remember it says God will use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He'll use the weak to lead the strong. Hello. And sometimes God's like, I'm not asking you to just be able to think that you can do it. Sometimes you can be the weakest as long as you're willing to carry it 
God's going to make you the strongest. See, when it's time for you to be used by God, he will align everything you need if you're aligned with him. Hello. So when you're worried about your financials, don't worry about when God's saying, hey, I need you to sometimes relax off the job and serve more in the church. And you're like, I got to make payments. And God's like, trust me. Or better yet, we don't think that we have the strength or the ability, but God's like, I need you to trust me, and I'll make the way. You just need to realign yourself with me. Can I get an amen? amen? And see, this is the crazy thing about Gideon is Gideon wasn't looking for the position. None of these men in the Bible were looking for the, the torch to be passed upon them. They were hoping it would fall on somebody else. Hello? Because that means with the torch of passing, which means you have responsibilities. And that's what it was. The torch was, it was the ability to be traditions or passions or better yet, responsibilities being passed on to another generation. And the second thing God gave me was this. When we think about passing it on, you lose position, but you gain purpose. See, Paul was never about position. He was all about the purpose of ministry. See, the passing of the torch is a resemblance of relinquishing uh, responsibilities, a tradition, practice, or a knowledge to uh, another. For example, when the company's founder became too ill to continue on leading the company, he passed the torch or he passed it on to his nephew. So that right there meant, you know, as this example as I used, it was saying that the, you know, the uncle was pretty much too old and he was getting too frail to lead the company. And so what happens is that then the nephew comes along and he relinquish, the uncle relinquishes his responsibilities and gives it on to the nephew and sometimes that's what God's trying to do is he's relinquishing some responsibilities that you have now because he's going to give you some new ones but he needs you to pass them on to somebody else to take your place you may lose position but you'll gain a new purpose see in the Bible we have plenty of examples but I think the most common one is Elijah passing off the fire to Elisha see when we look at it in 1 Kings 19 we see that this is where Elisha, Elisha is being told that he will take the fire or the mantle of Elijah. So in 1 Kings 19, it reads like this. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, when he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen before him, and when he with the 12th. And Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. See, this is what's crazy about Elisha. He had to lose the position of having financial security and pleasures in order to fall in line and gain the purpose God had for him. Hello. See, God had to shake up Elisha's world to get him his true purpose. And sometimes as God is that we try, to, we try to fill all these things with, you know, well, this position will make me feel my purpose or this is what my purpose is. But God's like, my purpose for you is to fall more into me. And so if that means giving up financial security, Elisha said, I'll do it. If that meant being able to have a house to where I, don't, I can come back to, I'll leave it for you. Why? Because Elisha knew that at the end of the time that he knew that this was God's purpose for his life. And see, he knew that he'd have to give up the positions, but what he knew that was greater was allowing the purpose of God to enter his life. And sometimes that's what we need is that we not need to have where it's all about the position that where we're in the church, but it's more about what's our purpose in the church. 
A lot of us get it twisted to where we think that, hey, my, my purpose is my position, when really my purpose is to do whatever God's called me to be in for position. But sometimes we get it twisted to where the church thinks, hey, I'm defined by my position, and my position makes God's my purpose. They believe their position is God's purpose for them, when really God's is like, no, your purpose isn't in the position, it's in me that changes your position. But see, this was crazy. He had to lose the positions in order for the God's purpose. Then we see in 2 Kings 2.14, it said he took the man of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he also struck the waters, they were divided here and there, and Elisha crossed over. Right there, he said he took the mantle, which means he took on the responsibilities. We see that Elisha had to lose the position of a servant to step into the promise and the purpose of leading See, if he would have never lost the position of a servant, he would have never picked up the fire, and all the miraculous works that we see God did through Elisha would have never happened if he had never passed on the torch. Hello. And sometimes it gets to that point to where in the church, God's like, look, you're called, and I'm trying to move you on to something different, but you're so stuck in your ways, you're stuck in the mud to where you can't even allow your responsibilities that you think you need in order to let go so I can gain some new ground. Can I get an amen? amen? See, if a church wants to thrive and grow, then people need to let go of position. Positions made from the world. You can take away my title, but I promise you I'll still be, be, still be telling people about Jesus. Amen. You can take away my position, I'll still be serving in the church. Amen. You can still take away my position, but I promise you, you'll still hear, hear me sing a song of praise to God. Because why? My, pur my purpose isn't in my position. My position is in God. So my purpose is found in the one who raised from the dead. Can I get an amen? So really, the, see, a problem we have in the church is where people want validation from a position. They don't want validation from God. They want validation through a position. Because it gives them that fake purpose. When really God says your purpose is in me. And if you can't seek me and find me. Then you, that's why you're trying to find a position. It don't work when you're trying to put a position in the place of God. And that's what happens. We put a position in front of God and say. God's got, this is God's position for me. So this must be God's purpose. When God's like no your position is in me. And guess what because you're my body. Your purpose is in me. But you can't see it. Because you're allowing sin to affect you. See, so when God raised someone up, hello, this is where it gets crazy, and they get over you or they share what you think is your position, you feel like, ah, no, they just replaced me. That's what it feels like. Somebody just replaced me. You thought you were irreplaceable, and you're like, man, I can't believe they're coming to replace me. Why would the pastors do that? Or why would God do that? But see, when you're catching the offense, God is trying to get you to your destiny. And you're too busy trying to hold on to a position, and all the while you're losing the purpose that God has given for you. While you're too busy chasing the position instead of the purpose, you're losing God's first purpose for you. Not only are you losing God's purpose, you're actually losing your first love because now you're loving the position and over God. Over God. See, so while you should be helping that area grow and then allow God to move, you into another area of your life that needs the anointing you carry and the abilities that God has given you to further it, that person, right, that person, or better at us as a people, we're starting to get unfulfillment 
And in the end, it tears down and hinders the work that God was once doing in your life. Because we were so stuck up in our position over the purpose. So what happens is God has given you so many talents and abilities, but we don't like to sit here and thank God and then try to grow the kingdom of God. Instead, we think this one position is stuck for us. It's set in stone, right? Not saying that some of us are good ushers. Some of us are good things. But sometimes God wants you to grow past that. And we're so stuck in, hey, this is my position that God's like, I want you to relinquish your responsibilities to the next generation so I can get you trained under the right person. I'm trying to push you into your destiny, but instead you're, you're allowing yourself to be stuck in your position. Hello. I improve with the Bible. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14, this is where you have to pass it on. You have to lose your position, but gain it. For even as the body is one and yet have many, many members, all of the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. So also is Christ. Next verse. For one by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit, for the body is not one member, but many. That's a, that's a beast right there. For the body is not one member. Hello. We think our position is, makes up the body. It's like, yeah, this is, I'm the most important part. Yeah, it revolves around me. Amen. It's like you being an usher, and all of a sudden you're like, well, if I didn't usher, people wouldn't know where to go. Come on now. Seats. But many. I got the seats, you know what I'm saying? But look, this is what's crazy is that when I read this, I, now I understand what, God, what Jesus was trying to say. For the body is not one member. It doesn't matter about just me, but many. Why? But the but many got me. He was like, because why? I'm replaceable. Because if I have a position, I promise you, somebody can do it better than me. But it's the anointing that called me to the position. That's why I'm there. Hello. But this is what got me. For the body is not one member. It, it doesn't matter about me. It matters about who's behind me that I can train up because I can be used in another area for God. But if I'm so stuck up, I can't even see how to maneuver into God's destiny. Hello. Or sometimes we get so caught up like, hey, this is where I'm at. And I, and I don't want to grow past this. And God's like, but I've called you to do so much more. But we think our position in the church is just to be a, a pew person. And that's it. Hello. Some of us like to be in the pews and just stay there. But when really God's like, hey, your pastors need help, go help them. I've called you to do, you're good with kids, why don't you go help kids? You're good at, you know, uplifting and exalting your pastor to make sure that they're okay. Why don't you go speak life over to them? But sometimes we're so stuck in our ways is that we're not able to lose the position and never find our purpose. That's why a lot of people in the church say they're fine, but they're not really fine. Because we believe in a position and not in the purpose. Are y'all still with me today? Yeah. Don't worry, I'm about to be quiet. My third point is this. You allow others to disciple and learn. You allow others to disciple and learn. And see, in this, I was reading in Titus chapter 2. In Titus 2, we see that Paul was writing to Titus, another spiritual son, to give him instructions on how to pass to people other things and how to live from the oldest generation to show the young generation how to uphold and live. 
And that's what's crazy, and that's what I was saying. You know, you older women teach the young women, and really, when Paul was writing this letter, he told them to be faith, teach the younger women how to be faithful and good-loving wives. And then it also said, you older men teach how the younger generation of men how to be able to live humbly, but also walk like a man. But that's the thing is where now I'm trying to, what I'm really trying to get to is pass it on is really just discipleship. But the reason why I said you have to allow, and the third point was this, is you allow others to disciple and learn, is because you can't make a disciple until you allow them to make the mistakes. You can expect them to be like you like that, but you have to allow them to be taught. You can teach them, but you have to let them walk on their own. You can, you can guide them, but you want to have to let them learn. Hello. Because you can't always, not everything is gathered, in, information isn't just gathered in the classroom. It has to be lived out. And living it out is a lot harder than in a textbook. Life is a lot. You can tell somebody what marriage is and how to expect it, but you're going to have to sometimes let them walk it out. Running a church, helping the pastors, being an armor bearer for the pastor. It sounds easy. sounds good textbook easy, but until you get under them and become their armor bearer, it's another level. You're going to have to just walk it out. But you're going to have to allow your disciple to learn you're going to have to allow them to disciple and learn. They're going to have to, they may not always do the same things you did, but instead they may found another way in order to reach other people. You can, I can teach somebody how to do this, but maybe how they present it is a lot better towards a lot of other people. So now that they've learned how to do it on their own, they can reach others that I couldn't reach. And isn't that what Jesus really said to do was to go make disciples? It doesn't matter how they teach or how, what they do stuff. It's about what? Reaching the souls. And sometimes they got to learn on how to do it on their own. See, in Galatians 6, 5 through 7, it says this. I love verse 5. For each one will bear his own load. Then verse 6 goes like this. This one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. You do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this will also he reap. Come on. For each one will bear his own load. Hello. That means we all carry our own things. This one is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches. So which means you come back to the discipler and say, hey, look. I've learned how to do this, and look at what God's done because you allowed God to use you first. Because you allowed me to learn through my own mistakes and my own failures. Look at what God's doing now. Hello. But sometimes in the church, you got to allow people in order to make the mistake and let them learn from it instead of trying to save them. And sometimes in our own life, you got to learn the hard way instead of having somebody always come and save you. The mistakes we made on, in, in this life is for a purpose. It's to teach us what to do and not to do. Hello. It's like a parent telling a kid, don't do this. And, of course, as a child, they're always rebellious. Right? Ask your parents. They will tell you how they feel about you when you grow up. They'll say, I remember the day when you didn't listen to me and I had to whip you for this reason. You were obnoxious as heck. But when we look at it, a parent tells the child, hey, don't do this because it's wrong. But what happens with the child? He does the opposite of the parent and does it anyway. You tell him not to touch the hot stove, guess what he does? He touches the stove. You're like, you idiot, I told you not to for a reason. And it's like, I had to learn. 
It's like, hey, don't run around the pool. There's reasons for that. You run around and you what? You fall in. Why? Because sometimes you can't always be their life preserver. Sometimes you got to allow them to make the mistakes so that they can actually get it. Can I get an amen? amen. Y'all still with me? So why are you telling me about passing the torch or passing it on? It's the reality that's, that's what Jesus was talking about. In all reality, that's what Jesus was saying. It was showing that God was trying to pass on God's promise to the next generation. That's what Jesus' whole mission was. It was to pass on something to the next generation. Jesus couldn't still be on earth. Why? Because he had to go back to the Father. Hello. So what did he do? He said, hey, I got a commandment, and it's called the Great Commission, to go make disciples. You know, of all nations, of all tribes, of all tongues, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But when we look at it, it's not only, it's went down, Christianity's been passed down generation to generation. The gospel has been passed down for so many generations. But what about in our own lives, in our, in our own church? Do we allow God to pass on, or do we pass on things that God taught us? Or do we hold it up and try to contain God in the box? To where God's like, hey, I want to grow and I want you to expand and I want you to live the abundant life. But because you are so worried about what you got now that you can't even pass on the responsibilities. Because some of us in the church, God wants you to call to a higher level. Sometimes God wants you to be, amen, something higher than what you are now. But you can't get there if you're still holding on to a position. And sometimes you can't learn if you're still stuck in the old ways. And the old ways, as I mean this, is that you think you know it all. And that's why I said you have to allow other, you as disciples, you have to allow others to disciple, but you also have to let them learn. The learning part is crucial because the only way they learn is from life itself. And I promise you, in, in Victory Life, that's a lot of ways how we run. We learn as we go. Some things were like, okay, that was bad. Let's not do that again. <laughs> Sometimes don't count on that, right? Don't do that. That was that. And then it's like when we order food, it's sometimes we like, we're like, yeah, it's a good idea. And then we order it, and then it's like comes out short, and then we always have the backup plan. Order more. But sometimes God wants you to elevate, but instead you're, you're digressing because you're not willing to pass on your responsibilities. Because in reality, responsibilities became your God. Your, your purpose that once was God-given is now the purpose that you made for yourself. So instead of furthering God's kingdom, really you're faking everybody else out and you're telling God, I'm making my own purpose my mission. Jesus who? Enter your name, me. You've made it about you instead of God. You've taken God out of the picture. That's what happens in a lot of churches. We get so caught up in the lights, the sound, and all these other things, but we've forgotten the purpose that God first put in us. And these are three things I learned. And if worship team, you can come up. I told you it was going to be short. But these are three things I learned that in my own life and from serving under the pastors and even being a servant in general, these are three things I've learned. The first thing is this that I've learned in my own life. You enjoy passing on the gift. You, you enjoy passing it on in all reality. Because sometimes the responsibilities you once had, you're grateful that they're gone. <laughs> you're like, yes, thank you, Jesus. It's gone. You're like, you can have it. Have it. Take it. Get it away. But see, this is what it is. 
An example, teaching people how to do something so you can move and see it grow. This is where I learned that if I sow into someone, you're causing, this, you're causing the planting of a new birth. You're allowing something new to grow. And that's why I meant you enjoy passing it on. Because you're not stuck in, well, I got to do it for me. It's, I want to see what you can do. God's called you like he's called me. And really, God's like, I want to see what you can do. And that's what, that's what, in my own life, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I lost positions. Yeah, I lost certain things. But what I've never lost was seeing God's kingdom grow. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, I've lost certain responsibilities. But sometimes I didn't really lose them. I shared them. Because in reality, I don't have a position. I may be a certain part of the body, but I share in the burden. I share in the, when the Bible says this, if one part of the body suffers, the body suffers. So really, at the body, if so, if one part of the body takes a burden, we share in the burden. You got to enjoy passing on the gifts or just pass it on. The second thing I learned was this. You understand God's ways. I got this one when looking at our pastors in my own life. Being corrected taught me a lot of things. We see in things a certain mindset. But what happens when you pass it on? It changes the very outlook of the way God's doing things. So that person may not be excellent now, but keep passing it on and watch God elevate them to a new level. You understand God's ways. Our ways are not God's ways. Our minds are not God's mind. Our purposes aren't God's. But I understood this. God's ways is to see somebody else elevated. Because that's my job. That's my purpose in life. Is to see God elevate others while he's elevating me at the same time. You can't go to a higher level with God if you can't elevate somebody else with you. If we can all stand, because this is my third one, and I'm closing. This one I got from just looking in life in general, you know, as the son of a pastor and being a pastor myself, I looked over my life of ministry with my parents and even in the home, and I realized this, and this is for everybody. Passing it on, requires a called purpose. We're all called with a purpose. With this, it's simple. When it's time to pass something off, that means the purpose of you is redirected to a new area. Passing it on requires a called purpose. It sounds so simple and so cliche, but once you understand passing it on with a purpose, means you're called. You, you thought you were in just one area, but God's like, I'm called you to make disciples. To be able to extend the hand when others need a hand. To be able to tell people, it's going to be all right, and I'm going to fight with you, even when you don't feel like fighting. Wow. Or sometimes it's even, hey, it's not about this. Because I promise you, I went through that with you. I went through exactly what you're doing. I understand exactly what you're going through. Why? Because God's already taken me through that 
so I can be here for you. See, I know my message may have not been the ordinary message, but passing it on is this. Simply, saints, God doesn't want you just to live a life just to where you can hold on to stuff. He wants to use you in the new church. He wants to use you in your life. And better yet, even in your own self, God wants to elevate you. He wants to change you. But we can't do any of anything if we can't pass stuff on. It's our responsibility to make disciples. It's our responsibility to tell people about the life-changing power. It's the responsibility of the church to take care of people. It's the responsibility of ourselves to make sure we're in a right lining with God. It says this, you have heard me teach these things that have been conformed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths, the foundational truths of God to other trustworthy people. Do I got any trustworthy people in the house who will be able to pass them on to what? Others. Enduring suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in affairs of civilian life for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. God enlisted you, not me, not the pastor, not the church. God has enlisted you. Get it right. God's enlisted you as an officer. Take charge then. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Hello. We got certain rules. And the hardworking farmers, I got any hardworking people in here, should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. That right there is powerful enough. from the truths being taught to being a good soldier to being not tied up in the affairs that we don't need to be tied in as a church as a, as a soldier and really passing it on it was first passed on by God and he gave it to you to carry for just a season and then to give it some, to somebody else so then that person can go tell other people so that person can keep it going and keep it going for generations and generations. People may have passed on things that they shouldn't have to you, right? Anger problems, all these problems that we have, generational curses, but instead God's like, I'm trying to pass on something that can break those. I'm trying to pass on a purpose for you that you can get something new. But sometimes you gotta you got to not impress me. You can't. You don't have to impress the pastor, but you got to impress the officer that enlisted you. And that officer's name is Jesus Christ. You got to understand, he's trying to pass it on to you. He's trying to give you a fire. He's trying to give you something that you can take into the next season of your life. And better yet, he's trying to pass it on to you now. And then the altar's open. And I want people that want God to allow the fire to be passed on to them. I want people that are hurting, that are broken, that think, hey, you know what, God? I don't have it all together. Pass it on, because let me tell you something. You can, if God passes it on to you, everything you've been struggling with, 
will realign itself and God's purpose for you will make sure that your problems have the right answer. Not your answer, not the world's answer, not the... It's God's answer. But you got to realign yourself and you got to be able to pass it on. Making disciples is what God called you to do. And sometimes that doesn't mean being able to do it in the church. That's just saying, hey, somebody out there loves you and I know it because he loved me first. But you can't pass on something that you don't have yourself. You can't pass on love if you don't have love. We know, we know worldly love, but we don't know God's love. You can't pass on freedom if you don't have freedom. You can't pass on joy and all the other things. You feel it in yourself, but you can't pass it on if you never had it first. And this is where God's trying to tell you, I don't want you to pass it on to you, but you need to let go and let me have it. Realign yourself with me. Let me pass it on. Let me do something in your life to where you're never the same. You're not going to remain the same person you are. Don't leave, don't leave the service today and still stay the same. Don't stay here and say, you know what? I want to be free from this, but I don't know how. Press in and let God pass it on to you. So, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you for the, the miracles you're doing tonight, today, God. We thank you, Father God, just for your all-consuming power, God, the passing of love, the passing of patience, the passing of kindness, God. God, allowing us to make disciples after your own heart, God, to entrust it into good men, God, trustworthy. God, call us. Let us hear your voice, God. Speak to us, O oh Lord. Father, I got to have your way tonight in Jesus' name.